Hi and welcome to Nightlight. Nice to be with you yet again. This week we're going to have another of our special interview shows and standing by to talk with us over Skype is Natalie Kuznetsova. Nightlight's interview of the week. Thanks so much for coming on Nightlight, Natalie. Oh, thank you for inviting me. It's also for me a wonderful opportunity to to share my heart, share my life. Uh, for me personally, what it could be more fun and more interesting that uh, to listen other people's lives and tell about myself because uh, interaction, communication, relationship. I'm the person of relationship. You know, I think it's amazing that because of internet and Skype, I've been able to interview and we've heard wonderful stories and testimonies from all over the world. You're the first person I've interviewed from Russia, and I'm sure our listeners have heard that from your accent. But whereabouts in Russia are you speaking to us from? Uh, I'm now living in Crimea. It's uh, here in Russian. People think that it's uh, it's Russian right now land. So I know that uh, in Europe people still think that it's Ukrainian. So for me, it doesn't matter. Right. I guess I feel like a more heavenly girl. So I'm living in Crimea in Sevastopol. Uh, okay. But I, my background, I uh, was born in uh, Far East. Far East, it's not Siberia because Russia is huge country. It's tremendous huge country. And yes. Siberia, it's middle. It's the Lake Baikal. It's uh, it's the middle of of the Russia part of the land. But Far East, it's nearby of China, Japan. It's I, I was born in in the city nearby Vladivostok. It named Khabarovsk. And I suppose, Natalie, that when you were born, Russia was still communist and part of the Soviet Union. How old are you now, if you don't mind my asking, so our listeners can kind of picture you? So I was born in 1970, 76. Now I'm 40. Tell us how it was growing up in a communist country. Were your parents communists? Were you brought up as a communist? Tell us about your early childhood. Uh, yes, I was born in a time when it was Soviet Union, when it was a communist, very modern. And I remember how how was modern and very um, very important to be a pioneer, you know, all these little steps how then to be a communist. And um, uh, I remember from my childhood that my father, my mother, they were really into party, into communist, especially my father, especially my father. And uh, what good I remember about this time that um, it was time when people were into into friendship very much, into helping each other very much. Huh. And I re- remember these um, fun things then in school and uh, uh, it was like some little uh, communities in school that tried to organize, for example, to clean uh, the streets. And uh, people people were doing it just because of the idea. Huh, interesting. You know, just just because of the initiative, just to be together, and uh, and I felt um, I felt um, like you know like belong to this city. I felt belong to this um, that I belonging to to this uh, school, and then uh, so it was kind of. Um, I guess spirit of community. This is how my impression about communist party time. Hmm. Quite, quite positive. I would like to 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 tell, and uh, and then it was different stages also in Russia with different uh, leaders, and of course there came time where it was you know nothing in the shops, and also it was very hard stage. In my childhood, when I remember my mom and that they were so stressful, no money, no food, no nothing, you know. And uh, so I, I remember I wasn't a child anymore. I, I was more like, you know, this time of school age, 10, 12. Mm-hmm. So, and, uh, so this is, I guess, uh, my impression of the communist time. So having been brought up in a communist family, taught in a communist school, how did you come to know God? Yeah, this is, this is the question that really, um, really always interesting myself. 
uh, I remember myself like from even what uh, the, the age that I could remember myself, I always think that somebody watching me. <laughs> Even 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 I in the bed and I'm thinking oh somebody watching me or making movie I need to, to lay down nicely or <laughs> I I am in the bathroom you know I need to sit nicely. It wasn't that I should change my behavior. This is what now like my memories that I never thought that somebody somebody I unseen watching me and I should be good. It's more like. Uh, that like like a little childhood play i i would like to say like acting acting out and uh, and always i feel that somebody cares for me somebody who is big invisible and who who could go through and help me if i ask <laughs> and um, i don't know uh, uh, when it came the word god because Jesus, I never, I never knew Jesus, but God, it was in my speech sometimes when I need, for example, that the boy will, will come to me and, uh, you know, like, um, uh, give me his attention. God, if you exist, please help this boy to come now and ring in this door. <laughs> or, for example, God, if you, if, if you exist, really help, uh, help uh, the teacher will not ask me to come to the desk and answer the questions. So it was funny prayers, but I remember I really believed that it was somebody invisible. I had I had a grandmother. Her name was Maria. It was my father's mom, and she was caring for me uh, while my parents were uh, were going to the job. Mm-hmm. And I personally think right now I think that she was praying for me very often. She was uh, not religious, she never went to any church, but she was always talking with uh, Mother Maria. I wouldn't tell that she was really orthodox, but I guess she was a believer in a way like she could. She was from the village and she was very old. Mm -hmm. And she was uh, like representative, I guess now, like how God was loving me unconditionally. So from her, I received unconditional love. And then uh, when the borders were open because of the new ruler Gorbachev, lots of missionaries came to, to, to our country. Yes. And before that, it was like this childish faith, you know, who you are, are you exist, God. But when missionaries came, one of my friends, very close friends, we were very good friends in the childhood. She was older, two years old than me. And uh, it came time, uh, it was 12, 13 years old, me and her. And we kind of, uh, uh, each of us went their uh, uh, separate ways. So I started to have my own friends, she her own friends. But then one day I knew that she became a missionary. This is I knew, but for me it was okay. Somebody from abroad came, washed brain her, and she kind of started to work for money for them. <laughs> But then when I saw her once, I was already, after my uh, first divorce, I got married, then I divorced, I got child, uh, I had a son, uh, my firstborn. And then I saw her a long time, I think six, six years we didn't see each other because she went to another city to be a missionary. And, and then I saw her. And it was amazing for me. Somehow, I guess I was already ready. After my first uh, marriage, I was so broken that uh, um, I was ready to see the light. The light that I couldn't understand what it is. And this was my first meeting of Jesus. My question was, when I came to her and I told, how you have such love for your children? Because she already had two. And I felt that her children normal the same like mine but somehow there is difference between between them huh. she was talking they were listening and it was some special talk that she had and she started to witness to me she told that i just love them but i told i also love my son very much but sometimes i'm so angry that i couldn't handle myself uh, and she told, sometimes it's not enough our uh, earthly love for our children. 
and that uh, came into into our life a natural love love that it's miraculous that it's more than our human human possible love and it's god's love and then she told me a prayer uh, salvation prayer that jesus will come to my heart uh, save all uh, all my uh, save me from all my mistakes and uh, and it was special time because probably i was so ready to receive this prayer when i was praying this day i still remember it was so special i really felt that there were god and man who gave his life for me i really want to believe in this for me it was first of course fairy tale but i really want to believe in this and i was ready to receive it even the night can be bright when you switch on your nightlight Natalie, just let me interrupt your story here to take a break for a song. Let's have a song in Russian, first time on the show. Do you have a favorite one that you'd like me to play? Uh, yes, uh, I love um, the St. Francisk prayer. This was my first prayer. And I love the song uh, Peace in the Middle of the Storm. This is my two favorite songs. Well, let's start with St. Francis' Prayer. This song has been translated into many languages. And of course, many of our listeners will be familiar with the prayer of St. Francis. Lord, make of me an instrument of your peace. And it'll be great to hear it in Russian. Oh 
And that's St. Francis's famous prayer, beautifully sung in Russian. Well, we have a wonderful testimony from Russia today from Natalie Kuznetsova, who is speaking to us from Crimea, which, of course, any of you Ukrainians listening will say that she's speaking from Ukraine. But like Natalie said earlier, she doesn't care whether it's Russia or Ukraine she's speaking from because she's first and foremost a citizen of the kingdom of God. Natalie, let's backtrack a little on your testimony and maybe you could tell us now about your first marriage. Sure, sure, I can. Uh, not maybe in all details because my life is a big, big story. Maybe one day I even will write the book because I think if every person will write their own book of life, uh, in every person's life we could see how how God was with the person. This is... This is, I guess, the main thing that right now I'm reflecting, that even if I didn't know Jesus personally, even if I didn't know God personally, He knew me personally. Yes. He knew um, how to comfort me, how to love me, how to save me, how to protect me. And this was uh, with my first marriage. Uh, I met the man who was quite older than me. He was older, 14 uh, years old than me. And uh, I met him after my my brother, my oldest brother, died um, in front of me. Gosh! It was um, it was terrible to see. He was um, he was under electric shock, and it was like on my eyes. It was it was big stress on me because I was 18th those times. You know the time when the the girl could become a lady. So, and then to find good men in a marriage. So, for me, it was so stressful time. And I guess uh, my first husband, he, he was kind of uh, uh, brought uh, by God uh, to save me from this spirit of depression. Because it was, it was heavy. I even went to drugs. To, not drugs really heavy, but marijuana more. And alcohol. And uh, I tried to find what his life is. Because when I saw my, my, my brother died, for me was first question. You're lucky guy. You went somewhere else. There is no suffering anymore. But I should suffer in this life. Because life was very... My life personally was very stressful. I don't know. I, have, I had a tendency to find distresses in my life. <laughs> so and then I met my first husband. And um, in one year, I already knew that we will not be together. But still... I felt so at least at least from men whom I love I could have a child to then to be needed to somebody. Hmm. And uh, and this was my decision to have uh, some purpose in life to to give birth to my first son. Uh-huh. So and but I already knew that we will not be together because of different 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 very very um important reasons in life that uh, dishonesty and um, he was he uh, then later I found out that he was in mafia in Russian mafia gosh so that's why I decided to stop communication uh, at all even at all I even was lying that he it, it wasn't his baby because I was afraid that he will steal the baby or something like this so and after uh, I I broke the marriage my parents helped me officially to break our marriage because we were married officially then he he went by car to the accident and he died gosh and uh, there was a the time that I started to see dreams that I was putting like with my hands the cross um how orthodox people do it I never was into church and I felt like uh, God will never probably forgive all my sins. I, I thought that I'm very sinful and cruel person. I thought very bad about myself. and uh, But then I started to feel that I need to go to the church at least to to ask God to forgive me. And I came and I was baptized in, in, in an uh, Orthodox church. But I came from there. God, I came to you with my whole heart. And probably, yes, you will forgive me, but what all these preachers asked of me to come every Sunday, to put this little cross, to read their books, I wasn't really interested in, in all these things. And I felt, I don't know, God, maybe I'm not, I'm, I really don't deserve um, to, to be forgiven and stuff like this. 
So I came with my open heart, but I went with condemnation, still condemnation that I need to work so, so hard that to deserve to, to be forgiven from, from, from Jesus. And there was the, uh, also first time when, uh, this is was the first time when I, I understand what means Jesus. So Jesus, it's like part of the Trinity. So, and then uh, Claire, her name is Claire, it's Christian name my friend, uh, and she told me about, uh, like, she told me about Jesus. She gave me salvation prayer, so it was second time. So this is basically a short, without uh, any emotional involvement, how it was my first marriage, and uh, it was my first boy. His name is Rodion. Uh, now he's 18th, <laughs> almost 19th, so he's a big boy already. And Rodion is the one that helped you set up this interview, right? Yes, he, he graciously gave his computer for me to to help me and actually honestly to say i felt um, inner voice inside that my son will always be like a magnet that god created for me to be close to him because when 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 he was born uh, that's why i came to claire and asked how you raise your kids because there weren't any situation that could bring me to God more than my love to my son. So, and always, always uh, what happened, it was always first thing that I do. I come to Jesus all the time. Jesus explain to me, give me strength, give me uh, faith. So my son, and still now, and still now, he is only one could, uh, through whom God give me sometimes even, you know, um, little spank on the bottom, come to me, I will explain you everything. So, and he's like a trainer. This is what I believe. He's like a trainer that God sent it, that, that I will stay close to God all the time. And after Rodan, you went on to have five other children, all of which are still with you. Your second husband left you and you were left as a single mom. And yet besides raising six kids, you have an amazing ministry, which I'll ask you about later. But first... I don't want you to miss telling us about that incredible experience you had with Jesus where he was holding your hand and you were flying. I happily will tell this story because it's an amazing story. I still feel his hand. This is, was only one time when I really believe it wasn't even a dream. It was like some spiritual experience of the mind and heart and probably even body because I, I, I still sense his hand. It was uh, from the time uh, when I, I, I watched uh, the video you made, Armageddon. Countdown to Armageddon. And uh, 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 Claire, uh, okay, before Claire invited her friends from the missionary movement um, uh, to, uh, to kind of help me to grow a little bit. Uh, sometimes explain the Bible, sometimes pray for me and... Um, Cancel me a little bit. And they brought me uh, this video about Armageddon. And I watched it. And it was for me like something I never thought of. Never thought of. So for me it was something so new. And shaked my my brain so much that, uh, that I, I didn't think it was a fear. I didn't think. It was just shaking, you know, like contrary from what I wanted in my life to the things. So, God, what I should do right now? Hmm. And I guess because of this question, what I should do, how I will live my life? I would like to say it was like a little crisis of, of um, making decision what I would do in my life because now I know God, I know the truth. And uh, because my father also working as a top person in Russia, so I know that it was truth after this video. Hmm. And uh, one night I had a dream that I was staying in Orthodox Church. It was kind of village, village church of making, made, made it from the wood. And lots of people around um, were praying on their knees, you know, putting their, their head uh, down. It was such a, a spirit of, um, of sadness and icons around. But I was standing on my on my legs, and I was I thought, oh, I don't really want to stay, and I don't really believe this kind of uh, prayer on knees and with sadness and even crying. 
and I was started to look at every icon and from one icon it was like 3D the face of Jesus because on icons they always face sad <laughs> but right. it was happy face mm. and he was looking at me and we could communicate uh, mind to mind and he was telling me hi and I was like around everybody uh, everybody's praying so that means that nobody here really hears uh, what what and I understood that it was Jesus because uh, probably because of this video because or maybe because of the icon and I told Jesus he told yes let's fly let's fly away from here and I told I couldn't fly he told you don't need to to, to be able to do it you just need to give me your hand and do your best just jump and we will fly Wow. And then, like 3D, he went from this icon, flight, flight to me, and gave me his hand. And I put, I was put it, I put it my hand into his, and jump. And we, like, I hold um, in the left hand his his right hand, and my right hand. We kind of we jumped, we flew, and uh, we uh, broke uh, the the roof of this church <laughs> and it was it was tremendous light into my face and like we fly into this light and then i woke up and i still it was like you know it was like spiritual experience for me that i'm i'm free mm. i'm with jesus i am free he didn't ask me uh, that uh, okay are you still sinner or are you holy or what did you do <laughs> did you change your behavior he just told me jump do your best do what you can and other things i will do for you and this is it still now uh, all my service i am i am human i'm sinful person some doing mistakes but still i i feel that jesus is always for me mm -hmm. even his correction like in the bible it's very <sighs> very welcome to very special yes so i guess it was like freedom from condemnation and after after that i was really started to feel that my inner heart started to speak from his voice i didn't hear i'm not schizophrenic uh, i i don't hear any voice but i know that it's god speaking to me because my flesh is weak but the spirit the holy spirit that inside of me always giving me strength guided me even life to to raise my six kids i would like to have, uh, tell that i am still raising six kids even if my oldest 18th almost 19 he still um, needs my help and even more than other little ones so and i'm raising my little ones by myself so i i guess without god it's impossible it, it would be impossible to do these things and do the, the mission and be missionary and serve jesus so this is what he's still doing we are flying <laughs> and i'm putting my hand in, in his hand when the world is passing by and you feel just like you could cry just look up to the sky don't ask how when or why and fly come on
You're listening to an international edition of Nightlight, shining God's love light to the world. Yes, uh, God is uh, God is so loving to me, so merciful. I never thought that my parents became a part of my of my um, service to Jesus. So now I would like to tell the, this um, big way, big um, big road. I think it was a it was a, a a very precious time of testing my faith with them, because in the beginning when when I felt. Um, that Jesus speaking through the word, take my cross and follow me. So I didn't really know what it means. So I started to first um, using the, the word, the, 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 the verse that go into all the world and preach the gospel. I started to share it with my friends, the salvation prayer. And then I, I came to my mom. She was into more um, psych, psychology, kind of philosophy and psychology. And I really believed, you know, like a child, that it's enough, the person, to receive the prayer after me. It's enough because this is the, the seed that I should give. And then I, I will pray for the person's heart that the heart will become good soil. Like in this proverb about different, um, uh, different qualities of, of soil of the heart. Uh-huh. And it was just salvation prayer for, for my mom while she told, oh, I don't believe why I need to repeat these words. I thought, okay, just repeat after me. So she, she repeated this salvation prayer. And I really believe that Jesus now in, his heart, in, in her heart and he will help her to grow. He will do something in her life. But of course, I never thought that it will came to such miraculous transformation. And then also one day to my father, it was his birthday. I just told him, Daddy, I, I could uh, buy something to you, but this is what I give to you. This, this present, it's the, the most precious present. Please, just repeat these words after me. And he repeated these words after me. And I thought, okay, Jesus, I fulfill my uh, obligation <laughs> before my parents. So now they get saved. Now uh, they, they will be with you and you will work in their lives. And because I told them that I will be a missionary, I will serve God, they were so disappointed, so disappointed, because I now understand for them it was big fear. Will I be none or what? Especially with my son. So they were against it completely, against, they were fighting with me, uh, how I raised my son, how, because I started to homeschool rodion and uh, of course i was unprofessional those times i did lots of mistakes with my first first baby but still i was doing my best and uh, even through mistakes god did his best mm -hmm. and uh, and then it was it was time when we were kind of very cold and formal with my parents um, with each other and they and and they also together were very formal like Mama was working, daddy was working, but then something terrible started to be in their lives. My father started to, uh, to drink um, a lot and it was a difficult time on his job. He was very ne nervous. He had spirit of condemnation because, uh, because of my brother dies, died. And, uh, and my mother also started to be under stress and uh, after reading this, all these books, she became so self-righteous that she put it, her heart un uh, under such big stress. So her heart became, had a problem. I don't know how it will be in English, but to explain shortly, it's beating, beating, beating and then stop. And then beating, beating, beating and then stop. So, and she got such fear that she died, that it was even beating harder. So beating, beating, stop, beating, beating, stop. And gave very hot blood pressure and all this sickness. So, and doctors didn't know what to do about it. She just, she just got lots of pills, but it didn't help her. But those times I already went to the Vladivostok to be part of, of my friend's ministry. Uh, with or orphanages and um, 
and le- leukemia children. Leukemia, yes. It was our ministry we felt uh, that Jesus inspired us to help uh, these poor people and also inspire people who could help financially to them and bring them also to God through these good works. And then my mom called to me and she told, daughter, I'm dying, so please pray for me because I already even don't have any strength to wake up in the morning. And uh, yes, we were praying and then next day she called, can you please come to me? I really need to talk because I don't have any even good communication with, with your daddy. And uh, we prayed and Jesus told, yes, go. So I bought a um, ticket and I went to my mom. And uh, next day she had this big stroke. She couldn't even breathe. She was laying down in the bed and she was crying. Oh, please forgive me for everything. I'm dying. But then she told, could you please pray for me? I don't want to die. I want to leave. I want to leave. And then came the spirit of I just became a little bit, um, un- I think it's not a merciful spirit, but it was so, so tough spirit that I looked at her and I told mommy. And actually I was during one year, every day, it was commitment to the Lord. I was di- doing dishes every, uh, because we lived communally. We agreed, agreed that it's more cheaper, it's more convenient for us to live con- communally, rent uh, a big apartment. So it was my responsibility to wash dishes every day. So, and uh, I was doing dishes and was kind of my commitment every day, pray for my mom, that Lord will go through, that she will believe Jesus as a savior, that she will stop all this um, uh, religious, or not religious, psychology and philosophy that uh, brought her to the state of fear. So, and then I, I, I was looking at her. It was like tough spirit. I even felt like my mom told that she saw me like the John of Ark, that it was not me, it was John of Ark. <laughs> and I really felt the spirit kind of revolutionary. And I told my mom, mom, I was praying one year, every day. I will not pray for you anymore. It's now your turn to pray and ask God to forgive you, believe in him. And she was so humble. She told I don't know how to pray and talk with God. Could you please teach me? And then I again repeat the prayer. Uh, I told her the prayer. She repeated uh, after me this prayer. And I added, God, save me from the sickness. Heal me. Help me to live. So she repeated these prayers. And she became better and better. You know, her cheeks became more like um, pink instead of blue already, the color of the dead person. Wow. And then she became better and better. And... Um, and uh, after that, she started to read the Bible. She stopped drinking any pills. And, and God healed her completely from this sickness. Wow, praise and the Lord. And she had also another sickness with her breast. Also, he healed. So it was like two years of her recovery after the sickness. She was reading every day the Bible, treasures, memorizing. So, and she called me like her shepherd. You are my shepherd, I'm your sheep. So it was very, very amazing for me time when I saw how God did such miracle in the life of my mother. Wow. So right now I could glorify only Jesus and really sing him prayers uh, because right now my mom, my co-worker, she is, she is a missionary, she is witnessing, she is now the pension person and uh, she is almost 70 but she is very active in the Lord and love the Lord uh, very much. So this is, this is, I guess, the big transformation. It's not, it's not, I guess, with everybody, but in her life it was like this. That's such an inspiring testimony, Natalie, and it came about because of your faithful prayers. Reminds me of a beautiful song from Jerry Palladino, I Pray For You. Yes, wonderful song. I, 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 this is my favorite, favorite uh, um, singer, Jerry Palladino. I pray On my knees I start my day with you For I know this is a way that I Can help you rise above And so I take the time To stop my hands to still my heart And really plead for you For I see the desperate need 
be a strength to you and help you carry on. So now I'll take the time to stop my hands, to still my heart, and really pray for you. As you fight to move ahead in your plight upon your bed, for the sorrow in your heart and all. Around. I come before the king right now, petition him to bring you now the strength you need, the faith you lack, and for his love to abound. And yes, I pray for you. I give a choice part of my day to you, and I have the faith he'll make a way. Take the time to stop my hands, to still my heart, and really cry for you. Pour out my heart, empty my eyes for you. Fully aware that he who died for you now lives to strengthen you. And so I take the time to stop my hands, to still my heart. Really cry for you as you fight to overcome, or you struggle with someone, as you battle with some task that's far too great for you to win. I ask him on my knees right now to bring the things you need right now for light to see his loving hand in all your going. Take the time to stop my hands, to still my heart. He'll surely fight for you because he loves you. That's another real classic from the golden voice of Jerry Palladino. I pray for you. And certainly, Natalie, your testimony of your parents getting saved, becoming your co-workers, is a terrific testimony of intercessory and persistent faithful prayer, especially in the case of your father. Tell us his story. Yes, of course. Uh, it's like uh, now I have... I have my co-worker, my mom, so we decided with her to be a prayer warriors. Because for me, prayer, even consistent prayer or prayer, you know, the, the, the word that I always drink in deeply, that, uh, that um, in the family, it calls the movement that, where I am still now, the word, this is what uh, brought me to the family. So the word that I really believe, believe uh, and still believe, um, the words of Jesus that helps me to grow. And the thing that every little word that I read, I, I practiced, read and practiced, read and practiced. And uh, a prayer, it's, I think personally, as Jesus told uh, in the prophecy, that the prayer is the most, uh, the work that I, I could personally do to, to change things. 
Mm-hmm. And I, I so believe this, that the prayer for me, it's like a breathing, even those times. So when my mother also started to, to read the words that I gave from, from what I read, from what worked in my life. So she started also, okay, we agreed that we will pray for, for my dad. So the same we started to do with her. And it was 10 years. Wow. 10 years that we started to pray every day for him. It, he was the top on our prayer list. And during these 10 years, it was little by little. It wasn't drastically like with my mom, but it was little by little. He stopped drinking. Then he stopped smoking. Then we prayed. So, you know, like, like nursing him through prayer. So, for example, Jesus, we pray that uh, you will just uh, destroy all these drinking problems so that he will find new ways to feel better because he had stressful work. And then about smoking and then about uh, believing God and then uh, believing that Jesus is God. So it was like little breakings of the prayer, what we want from God to do in his life and everything what we asked. We received everything. So every little thing. Wow. Then it was, okay, Jesus, now help him to witness about you personally, not about God, about you personally. And this, all these things. So it's already, I think, 15 years that, uh, yes, 14, 15 years when we started to pray for him. And it's tremendous. He's still working. He's very healthy. He believes Jesus as a savior. He started to witness to people. He's now helping me in my missionary work here. Praise the Lord. With everything what he could. He's helping me with children a lot. Now he's like even uh, like daddy for my, for my boys and for my girls. Wow. Because, and of course, we strengthen relationship with him like daddy and daughter. Because I had lots of grudges after my childhood. And I told him once and he was bitter at me. You know, we went very big road of closeness in the spirit, honesty, intimacy. And sometimes it was very hard because with mommy, it was more like drastic, you know, do, do, do change. But with my dad, I guess Lord trained me with relationship with him. Ask Jesus everything. Wow. Every little detail. And by uh, ask, obey, and kind of glorify when, when I see the fruits. And right now, yeah, it was uh, it was four months ago. I came to his birthday with all my kids, except except Rodion, the oldest. He was staying here with a doggy in the house to watch for the house. And uh, we came this far away to um, celebrate his birthday. And it was seventy years old, big celebration. Hundreds of people from all over the Russia, his friends and his like main top people from Moscow. Wow. And he was witnessing. He was witnessing basically about how I grew in the Lord and how he started to to see changes in my life and how it brought him to to believe that everything what he's doing right now it was God's anointing, God's talents, God God's blessings. Wow. And he was witnessing when I I I I went there I thought okay Lord, help me to witness to people. But when he started to witness to everybody, I thought, Jesus, so you have another worker. So uh, <laughs> now we're a team, team of people. My parents, they are probably right now more than parents. We're now like spiritual family, spiritual team. We feel each other. Each of us know little, little parts in, in our like service to God. The mother, she's doing her thing. You know, she's more like um, um, financially di- deacon, deacon, I would call like Deacon, this. yes. My father, he, he's still working, so he's more like supportive part. So from me, they expect that I will, I will pray for people. I will talk about Jesus the way like Lord anointed me. To, to really have a key to every person's heart. Wow, that's so inspiring. So to know how to talk. And also they really inspire me to continue my ministry as a, as a midwife. So I'm like a, a, a counselor to pregnant girls and help girls afterwards raise 
give them counsel how to raise kids right because I have kind of <laughs> practice and uh, knowledge so everything into part so this this is the ministry what we have right now three of us shining bright in the dark night you're listening to nightlight well thank you Natalie for that wonderful wonderful testimony very convicting I've never prayed for anyone as faithfully and as persistently as that and well now I really wish that I had. Natalie, we don't have a lot more time on the show. Maybe you could just wrap up by telling us something about your present ministry in Russia and your vision for the future. Yes, I will quickly uh, tell um, uh, the, the tremendous, uh, tremendous vision that I have. I really want to uh, travel all over the Russia on the motorhome, uh, which I already have. Uh, to to tell other people about how Jesus loved them loves them very much. I wanna hug people. I wanna pray for them. I wanna I wanna be for them as Jesus came, as Jesus came for them, as uh, to bring little heaven to people earthly lives. And now I have I organized already with one of my friends the center. It's uh, the center to improve family lives where I. I lead girls to give to have healthy pregnancy delivery and give counsel, raise kids right. Uh, I also have their um, uh, club of different English club for volunteers to come to help me, which I already to have two volunteers: Estella from Brazil and Tim from from Swede, uh, Switzerland. So we kind of organize a little there, little there. And uh, also, I, I will have club there to to lead kids and adults to the to, to the knowledge of the Bible because there are lots of churches and denominations very active in Russia. God bless them. I really, really am proud of them. At the same time, I have um, people who will never go to any Orthodox church, who will never go to any denomination. This is these people. Uh, lots of them were very good leaders. And quite spiritual people, they want to grow more like um, or, or, or with autonomy, you know, to 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 be filled with the Holy Spirit and be led by God, not by other preachers or leaders. So this is my, I think, destiny to give them Jesus and teach them how to bring love and truth to to relatives, to friends, to workers, to everywhere. So to find how to preach the gospel, it's in a more uh, way, more convenient way for them. And, um, and uh, to open missionary school, to train missionaries, this is the end uh, purpose when I will travel all over the Russia. I want to find leaders. One day I will not be anymore on earth and I have uh, now time to train young leaders to be, to be disciples of Jesus. This is, this is my vision, this is my my desire this is what i feel jesus wants wants from me and uh, this this calling i felt from the bible verses so uh, please welcome please um, uh, write to me uh, we will find the way people who would like to join at least to come for the visit to see or communicate i have friends with whom i communicate by skype and uh, have this communion sometimes fellowship and um, so I could help to somebody with something and somebody could help me. So it's like, uh, it's like, it's like the church, <laughs> church of Jesus uh, that we joined to this movement, big movement of preaching the gospel all over the, uh, right now for me, it's the Russia. Amen. <laughs> Natalie, thanks so much for sharing your heart and your life story with us. We'll certainly pray for your mission there. And look forward to staying in touch and hearing more testimonies in the future as your work grows. God bless you and your family and your team. Yes, thank you, Simon, for interviewing me. Um, uh, thank you. It was it was interesting experience to tell uh, kind of this uh, via Internet. Let's go out with the other song that Natalie requested, and that is the Russian version of Kirk Allen's classic song that's been translated into so many languages. You can have peace in the midst 
of the storm. God bless you all, and until the next time, bye bye. Найти надежду, когда нету сил идти. Верь, любовь найдешь, друг мой, Когда мир весь рушится твой, Сможешь покой средь бури обрести. Мои чувства, как и твои порой, Сещу я всей душой, И шлет Господь свою любовь, Чтобы слог мой разум вновь Покой средь бури обрести. Можешь покой средь бури обрести. Надежду, когда нету силы идти, Верь, любовь найдешь другой, Когда мир ведь рушится твой, Сможешь покой судьбу и обрести. Мои чувства, как и твои порой.